Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and this is another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? I know it's been a minute since I've done an episode, but it's been super busy uh, with the holidays, family, and work. It's been kind of crazy, and I've been kind of lazy. Um, going into the Carolina race, it was my last race of the year or season or whatever, and uh, I had a great weekend. I ran great on the ultra and uh, did pretty decent on the sprint the next day, even though I had to get a good 20-minute warm-up to loosen all my joints and body up. But that had to have been one of my coldest races that I ever did, and I'm sure everybody there would agree. Like, the water was frozen when we came to the water stations. You had to break the ice on top of the cups. And, like, all the bales had ice on it. Olympus was a sheet of ice. It, it was it was pretty cold race, but it was fun. It was the venue I knew that that race could be. You know, we got a, a shit version of it in 2019 because the rain came through there and flooded it and made it a muddy dirt road mess. But it was still a good race, even though it was a torrential downpour. But I knew that venue was a great venue for an ultra. And even though it was super cold this year, it showed up. It showed up because that was a great ultra venue. It had some ups. It had some downs. It had some technical running. It had some clean running. It was a great ultra race, and, and I enjoyed it. It's one of, That is one of my favorite venues. And I love, I mean, I like the old Asheville venue because it's got a lot of technical running there, too. But it was cool to be able to go back to this venue, even for the Super and the Sprint weekend for Asheville, after having such a bad weather conditions in 2019. But anyway, got a new uh, review on the podcast. Here it goes from Gray DLK. Awesomeness. Man, just had time to catch up on the last few episodes I hadn't heard. As usual, each conversation was great. Scott's a good old Southern boy who tells it like it is. It doesn't matter if he's interviewing a top-of-the-list pro racer or someone that has just raced their first race. His heart and soul is in it to bring the best to the listener. It's an added bonus when he interviews people that I know. Bottom line, everybody is human and got their own stuff going on, and many use the sport as therapy. Haha, thanks for doing such a great job, Scott. See you in Carolina. Uh, man, I, I guess I've been a while for reading this one. I apologize for not putting out an episode before Carolina to read this one. But uh, thank you, Gray DLK, for uh, the review, man. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. You know, the feedback I get is is what it helps me want to do more episodes and keeps this thing going. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody that came up to me in Carolina and told me that they listened to the podcast. Uh, had several people come up and tell me during the race and after the race. Like I said, you know, and, and, and like the review says, this sport is a therapy to a lot of people, you know. And to me, it's, it's my breakaway because there was some stuff going on at work. And I was thinking that it would have been like a driver to help me you know, run the race, and I actually didn't even think about it a single time, and once I finished the race, I was like, I didn't even think about that the whole time, and I was like, that's just what's so cool about this sport is you will take your mind off of everything and just focus on the race, focus on your friends and the community, and that's what's great, and um, on this episode, I've got a great guy that I met this year, too, and I, he's a lot like me in a way because he enjoys the races, he enjoys pushes himself, but he also is, you know, crazy about the community and he enjoys just hanging out and just having fun. But anyway, he got Chainsaw Rick uh, is his Instagram and he goes by and his name is Richard Shin. And uh, this is an awesome episode. Dude's done a shit ton of races this year, including World's Toughest Mudder including uh, the Telluride Ultra World Championships that Spartan put on as well. And uh, I tried to ask a lot of tips about doing the 24-hour races and just, you know, how he's been training in general. It was a really cool episode, and I enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. Here it is, Chainsaw Rick. Richard Shin, also known as Chainsaw Rick. What is up, man? How's it going? Nothing, nothing much. Just another day, you know? So, man, I know, like, I met you this year, and, like, but you've been in the OCR scene for a while, but, like, this year, you have just done a shit ton of races, but before we get into all that, man, tell us a little bit about yourself, like, man, like, where'd you grow up, you know, what do you do for a living, how old are you, man, have you killed anybody, you know, tell us the, the deets, man. No, nobody's been, uh, been murdered yet by me. Right. <laughs> yeah, Nobody yeah. ever fesses up to that, dude. No, I always I get know. no. <laughs> um, I'm 37, I was born in Buffalo, New York, but. I pretty much grew up in Clearwater, Florida, right. my whole life. So I'm pretty much a Florida cracker, I guess you could call me. So <laughs> um, uh, I've cut trees for a living pretty much every day. I'm climbing a tree, risking my life because it's it gets funky up there some days. And uh, you know, I, I I don't take a day for granted because uh-huh. of my job. It's it's that much danger going on. So. Man. Anybody that's run a chainsaw and just done pretty much limbing or cutting down any kind of tree like in their yard, you can understand how like when you make that cut, you think something's going to go a certain way and it don't always go a certain way. So my hat's off to you because I know that that's dangerous work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's funny because that's kind of like life too. You know, you're like, you think it's going to go one way and it goes the other. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. So you own your own business. Is that right? I work full time for my brother and then I also have my own business as well. So I, I work over 80 hours a week and I somehow I still manage to put, uh, some races in the schedule. Right. So 
y'all probably work a lot in Florida, like especially like when a bad storm comes down and knocks down all those trees. But it, like, what is y'all's specialty? Do y'all do like stump grinding, or is it just like clearing? I do. I do the the most dangerous removals that most companies don't want to do. I do the the big dead trees that are over the houses, the huge grand oaks over the houses, and the pool screens and all that. Right. I do. I do the stuff that's like, what, how is this even gonna, you know, it's, so that, that's what I do. I, I try to do that the most because I mean, obviously the money's, the money's really good. So, right. So uh, now, now that you've told us you take the hard jobs, what's the biggest <laughs> thing you fucked up? <laughs> uh, Never broke anything. Oh, wow. Maybe like a, like a fence, you know, like a, a part of a fence or whatever, right. you know. That happens, uh, but injury-wise, one one time, one time, I I had a mishap and uh, I got thrown off the tree and I I landed pretty much. Was that the the scorpion or whatever? Oh yeah. So I did that from about twenty five feet off a tree, you know. So that happened once, and uh, hopefully that'll never happen again. So. Yeah. Right. Because, man, you take a bad fall out of a tree, that could pretty much be the end of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've seen some pictures uh, that you've posted. You've definitely gotten high on some of them trees for sure. So, uh, you know, typical typical oak height is, you know, 80 to 100 feet. Sometimes the pines get up to about 120, which which isn't really tall in comparison to other trees in the nation. Because I know as you go up north, they can pop yeah. over 180 feet. And they're big too, so you know that's a big difference too. Have you ever had the desire to kind of go and go out there and do that? So that's where I originally started. Oh was, wow! Um, I went up to Buffalo, New York, and did the last year of high school, my senior year there. And my uncle kind of took me under his wing and and pretty much taught me everything I needed to, to know to climb and cut and. I, that though the first trees I cut on were the 180 foot uh, ash and all that stuff, just huge trees. Oh wow! Hmm. So, <clears throat> how did you like growing up? Like, did you do sports growing up, or is this just kind of something that you found kind of later in life? Uh I did a lot of skateboarding when I was in middle school. Hell yeah, I did too. That was like the cool thing to do, you know. And then with the baggy older, jeans. Yeah, it was like, yeah, you know, like everybody wanted to be cool, so, you know, and I was pretty good at skateboarding, but, and you got hurt real easy skateboarding, so as I got older, it was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I was like, it's not, I didn't see the reward for the risk, so, right. uh, I played football for for one year, and that was fun, but I just, it just, I, I just didn't feel like it was the fit for me, and that was pretty much it as far as uh, any kind of sports activities go for me until I started doing OCR in uh, the 2017. So that's a big gap. So what was your first race? Florida Beast 2017 at the end of the year. That was the December one. Yeah. It was hilarious, too, because I remember... I did that race too. I was there. I was in the the lead heat, and this is before you had to have a uh, yeah. qualification code. So I, I was in the lead heat. And, I, know, was I was in that running. race too. We were in that same heat. 
<laughs> it was my first race. It was so fun. So I had, I had, uh, I had the wall glasses on, right? The clear ones. Cause it was still early in the morning and I was like, I'm prepared. Right. <laughs> and I got, I got like, I got board shorts and it, it, it looked, it looked like it was my first race, <laughs> but it was a good race. I think I, I don't know. I think I got like 21st place or something and in a lead for my first race. I was, you know, I was happy about it. Hell that. yeah. That was good. So it was good. And that was, that was the start of it, you know? And it was like the race is so much fun, but in Florida, I didn't know about any of the other OCR stuff. So only thing Spartan had was february jacksonville and then december the mulberry or central florida right so it was like i could get i could get a super sprint and a beast in in a year and that's all i could get yeah. if i stayed in florida so when 2020 came 2020 sucked right it did. all i did was work and that was good for my bank account for sure because <laughs> you know, working 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 and then once 21, 21 came around, this year came around, it was like the gates opened up, and I was like, let's roll. So I just went with it. Hell yeah, you've done a bunch of races this year. I usually would plan, I would plan the races out about three months in advance, you know, because the plane tickets are fairly cheaper, you know, a little bit ahead of time. And uh, I, just, I just went, every race was planned pretty much just like that. I would plan three or four of them at once that were kind of close together. And then I'd, you know, get closer to the next ones and plan the next ones. And it was, it wasn't like a methodical thought out race schedule this year. It was like, I would look at what Spartan had to offer and I'd be like, Ooh, ooh huh. this one's good. Or, you know, like I'd, I'd weigh out, which, cause sometimes they do races at two places in the same weekend, which I don't understand completely, yeah. but I'm like, well, which one do I want to go to? And then, right. That's how I did it. Or which one? Which one do I really want to go to? Because you know the travel and everything, all the cost. You're like, well, I could do one. So let me pick one really cool one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I noticed because like one year they did one at Fort Benning here in Georgia, and that same weekend they had the Charlotte Sprint weekend, and it and yeah. no, normally I would go to both of those races. Oh. So. What we did was is we ran Fort Benning on Saturday, and then we drove up to Charlotte and did the Sunday race there. But it was a bummer because I felt like we missed out a sprint day. Yeah, and I, I personally, me, I don't understand why they would uh, conflict schedules with themselves. I mean, as long yeah. as they're not close together, I can get where you put a race yeah, on the West Coast, a race on the East they Coast. Were right there. You could have done that a different weekend, and then all those people in that region would have possibly been able to enjoy more races. Hell yeah. So how many Spartan races did you do this year? It was like close to 30, wasn't it? 40. 40 races. Jesus Christ. I, I still got Florida to go, and I, I I might do a triple beast on Saturday, do three beasts. Yeah. And, and then do a super and two sprints. So I might be able to get six more races in before this year is over. So that'll put me up to 46. Damn. So... <clears throat> so I know you did like a bunch of ultras too, and you went out to Montana. Didn't you do Montana? Montana, honestly, Montana was probably my favorite venue. Really? Yep, out of all the places that I went, even out of Hawaii. Hawaii was great, but Montana, something about Montana. I don't know. You got to go. That's one of my bucket list races, man. I've been wanting to do that race. 
So I did the beast and, uh, the beast. And then I did the super, I had to go, I didn't get to do the sprint cause my plane was leaving and I had to go get, get going. So, um, maybe this year I'm going to do the ultra in Montana, right? But I'm definitely going to go to Montana again. Montana is a must. Yeah, man, it's always on my bucket list, but a lot of East Coast races are going on around that same time, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to pick, know. man. No, I know. That's that's what I was saying. You got to kind of. So for me, for me, it's not what made the race wasn't that I, I placed well or, or that the course was easy. It wasn't that. It was it was basically that the beauty of the right. state. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I, I love taking in the states. Oh, and exactly. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, to me, Killington is a very beautiful venue, you know, but that is a tough, that's a so tough hard. race. Killington was tough. Yeah, it was, man. I'm glad I didn't do the ultra there. I see, I did the ultra, man, and I it know. kicked my ass. Dude, oh. That's a rough ultra there, man, and I say every year, I'm not going to do it again, and I did it three years in a row, and this year, I'm going to try my best to stick to my guns and not do the ultra this year. I'm going for the beast, so... <laughs> What'd you place in the ultra there? Didn't you do really well? Uh, I ran age group, and I think I was I was first in my age group and like maybe fifth in all the age groups. But oh, that's still that's man, it's dude. When you're about halfway through that race, to me, honestly, like you forget about all that shit, and it turns yeah. into okay. I just want to finish. You yeah, know? yeah, surviving. I yeah. mean, like you're yep. you, you just you you're doing the best you can you're going as fast as you can at that point and it's just i'm going as fast as my body can suffer through this i, yeah. I mean that's the way i feel you know yeah and with the with the downs that were the rocky downs and all that you know yeah man the downs are my favorite part there because i love those technical sketchy downhills man i bomb the shit out of them and that's that's my that's my jam and i feel like yeah. that's part of that race that keeps a lot of people from finishing it because you got to be able to attack those downhills yeah, to make up time gotta, for your power if, hiking on the uphills if you try to, to tender foot down you actually end up falling more and actually it's it's a lot more work yeah. it's, it's more dangerous when you're doing the the like trying to not fall step <laughs> yeah it was a yeah. tough year for the ultra there too i you know, I know the weather sucked in 2019, but I almost want to say it was an easier race, maybe. Because this was a tough race. Because I felt like my running was better this year, and it still took me a little bit longer than it did in 2019. Oh, and then they had the, uh, the extra climb on uh, mile 12 or something that everybody was yeah. talking about. You know, uh, they took that out, like, on that Sunday beast, too. I, I, missed it I, I i did that beast on sunday and i was like where is this the last climb and i'm like it's not in here and i was like oh i was looking forward to it again yeah i was signed up to do the beast on sunday and i was like i just can't i just can't and i was thinking about that last hill and then that last sandbag carry and i was like i really don't want to do that last hill in the sandbag carry well, after the ultra, yeah, yeah, sure. man, it's pretty rough. And I ended up, my buddy ended up doing it, and so we were just kind of spectating and going around taking pictures. But nice. that's a cool trip. That's a cool area up there. I enjoy that venue for sure. Well, we can switch and we can go. I'll give you one, so it'd be like 
what what was all what was the favorites but they were all really good all the race venues except for one that I was not a favorite which one was that ohio oh yeah the mud of park <laughs> <laughs> oh ohio i don't know if i'll do ohio again really mm. i don't know that's an off-road park so there's going to yeah, be mud you know cuz yeah, i mean the heat trail yeah bunch of, bunch of ruts and it's really slick and Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a tough one. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I got I got uh, first in the Super in Ohio for the age group. Oh, cool. But I did well. It's not that I, I didn't perform that great. It just, I just, I wasn't, it wasn't like a, wow, this is so beautiful venue, you know? Right. So... Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about the Jacksonville race, man. I've done that Jacksonville yeah. venue so many times. It doesn't matter if I do good there. It's still not, like, a favorite. <laughs> yeah, something about when they throw the motor, motocross park in there. Yeah, that's, it, the, that's the fun part is when you're it, on the motocross park, but then when you're going back in the woods and all that mud, yeah, it's just yeah. like, okay, we've done this, like, ten times already. <laughs> yeah. Going back through this swamp again. Yep, and now they're making another national series race there again. Again, I yeah. do love the uh, what is it the the Mister Chubby's that restaurant. I do like that restaurant though. That's a cool uh -huh. restaurant. Yes, sir. <laughs> they have some good wings for sure. Yeah, Florida's got we got Palm Beaches. Yeah, I did that one. That was a fun race. I like Palm Beach. And then we'll have Central, or well, it's Lake Placid now. So yeah. down there, that's about two hours from me south. Oh, that's not bad. No, Mulberry was about an hour away though, so that was really nice. Oh yeah, that is nice. Yeah. That's kind of the way Conyers was for me. <clears throat> you need to do the. You, have you ever done the Conyers race? That's a good venue. You'd like it. No, I have not. Because I've done that know. race a bunch because they used to would do like a spring and a fall race for Spartan there. They did that a couple of years. And, uh, man, that venue's, to me, that venue is always fun. Nice. <clears throat> I mean, there's, like, a lot of, there's technical running. There's some, you know, eccentric stuff to that venue that's pretty cool. And uh, it's just, there's some hills, you know. So it's, it's, a, it's a good venue that's got a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I like I like a mix of everything. Yeah, that's I, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, if it's a flat race, you know, and it's got some cool stuff to look at, you know, I can deal with that too. That's, I mean, right. that's cool too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious as how. I mean, I'm not going to make it to the uh, Spartan race in this Florida. Where did you say it was? Lake Placid? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, it's down south a little bit. See, I've never been to that venue, but I wasn't crazy about the venue in Mulberry, just running through all that pushed down tall grass. Yeah, the grass. Yeah, that, that grass was tough. Yeah, yeah. Tough ankle breaker kind of stuff still, too. Yeah, because you couldn't see if there was a pothole Here. under it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not easy running. Yeah, so... I know that, like, some of the races you went to, like, you would camp out the night before. Tell us about that, man, because... Okay, so... That's extreme to me so, right there. I'm a little bougie I mean, when it comes I, to I races. I afforded to get a rental car and and do the hotel and stuff, but I wanted... 
I always wanted to do like survival stuff, right? Where you right. like you went somewhere for two weeks and just. Uh oh. Hey, I lost you there. I guess. Woo. Sorry. That's okay. Anyway, what were you saying? All right. Well, I remember. I remember when I had injured my back seriously, and I was bedridden for almost three months. Oh, wow. And I laid in. I laid in the bed, right, and I couldn't really do nothing. Was that when you got launched out of the tree? No, that was from. Uh, it actually. <laughs> Oddly enough, it was something that was less incidental but caused more damage to me. It was like you wouldn't think that it would. I, I was jumping off of a wall and there was a hole and I slipped and it was it was like a stupid accident that jacked my back up for oh, a long time. So as I'm laying in bed, I'm like I started writing down. I'm like writing down this list of stuff because I'm I'm. I'm putting together this list and inventory of what I need to go do sort of survival stuff in the woods. And I, I wanted to do that, but I never did that. So I kind of incorporated that this year into the races. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to do this. And I want to, I want to just like fly in on the steel dragon and <laughs> then, and then hike to the battle. Right. Right. And then pick pitch tent and then come down the mountain in the morning for the battle. You know, it was like this whole, this whole thing that I had going on and it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Bet. It was tough. Um, was the first one? Let me see. The first one was Vegas, which was actually the first out of state race that I did this year. And it was, it was, it was something else. The days, it was so hot in the day. Right. And then at night it was super cold. It was like 43 degrees or something. Jeez. So I I wasn't completely pre prepared for all that. <laughs> so, you know, when you get cold, you get woke up. I get cold and I'm, I'm waking up. So I hop out of the tent, do a couple push-ups, a couple jumping jacks, get back in the tent, get another hour and a half, two hours of sleep, wake up again, do the same thing. Wow. So I didn't place that well in Vegas and it was tough. <laughs> It was tough. Um, but it but was, then, man. But then my next one, I went to Utah, and I did the, the hike from the airport, and then hiked to the venue and pitched my tent, which took me a while to find a spot in Utah because the mountains, there's no flat spot, obviously. Right. Everywhere there was a flat spot, it was a game trail. Yeah. So I was like, well, you can't put the tent there. It'd be right on the damn trail. Yeah. So it took me a while to find a spot. How long and was the hike to get out to that venue? I think it was like 68 miles. Holy shit. You hiked 68 so, miles? So on the hike, <laughs> on the hike, it's it's pretty cool that people just pick me up. Oh, okay. So I end up hitchhiking, which I don't put my thumb out. I, I don't have to put my thumb out. People just like pull over right. and they're like, you need a ride? And I'm like, yeah, I do need a ride. <laughs> so I've met some really cool people doing this, local people. The guy in uh, John, the guy in West Virginia, he gave me a ride. He gave me a ride to like five different places before he dropped me off. At oh, the wow, venue. that's awesome. And he's like, let's go here and there and there. I threw him a hundred bucks. He was like, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, because he took me to like the spots you wouldn't find if, if you, you know, if you didn't know anything, if you, you got to know a local to find these cool spots. Right. 
So he, he was cool. And uh, there was another guy, Gary, in uh, Colorado, tell you ride. He gave me a ride. So so go, go back to Utah because you camped that you hiked and you camped. And then you did the ultra at Utah the next day, and right? And I took third, yeah. And you and took elite. third. Yeah, and then I went, and then I stayed in the tent again that night. Uh, and then I raced the super and the sprint the next day. I didn't do great at all, but I, I did them. I imagine after doing, because a lot of people said that that was one of the harder ultras of the year. Yeah, I remember the next day going out for the super and people were laughing at me because I could hardly, hardly walk, let alone try to run. So it was fun though. So was the, what was the weather like when you camped there that night? Very pleasant, actually. That's good. It was nice. I, I liked it. I was, I was right by a, a stream, like a creek right. and the water was flowing so you could hear it. It was beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, the first night, the first night, I, I don't know. I think it was a deer that about trampled over my tent, but <laughs> it sounded like he was gonna or she. But I had, I, I kind of make like a barrier with some broken sticks and stuff right. around my tent if I can. Man, that's 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 pretty tough right there, man. I don't think I, man, I want to have a bed and like controlled air and uh, a hot shower the night before an ultra for sure. <laughs> yeah. You talk about control of the air. West Virginia was was just so muggy. I and bet it hot. was. It was so hard to sleep. Hard, yeah. very hard. So the first night, it it was it was not good at all. I, didn't, I was not happy. Did you camp and, right there at the venue? I know they had camping for that race. No, I didn't. I could have, but I still did my my like hike up the mountain and find my cut kind of. Right. Like I'll go and scout for a good spot to set camp, and sometimes that takes a while. Sometimes I'll have to put my gear down and actually hike around the mountain to look for a spot. Yeah, because I don't want to carry sixty pounds of gear around and around and around, you know, for nothing. But uh, the first night I I did I was close. I was probably about a thousand feet up the mountain by the venue. And then the second night, I w actually went up all the way up to the box. And that the box, I don't know exactly what the elevation was, but it was on mile two on the course. Right. So I went up to the box, and they had a fire pit. Yeah. And I, I actually started a fire. Oh, cool. And I slept, I slept on top of the box. No shit. <laughs> yeah. The bugs were horrible in West Virginia. There was like a million spiders I'm like, what, what? I've never seen so many spiders. And the fire, I think, helped with the the flying bugs. <laughs> Dang. So that that helped out. I slept on the box. That made the trip better. I think was was much better. That's fun. And uh, uh, from usually at the end of the race, I don't like have to hitchhike home. I, I usually get a ride from another racer. Yeah. Uh, in Ohio, in Ohio, I was leaving the venue, walking out and Jacob Clinker, Jake Clinker, he's, he's like a big elite racer. Yeah. He, he rolls his window down and he's like, where are you going? So he ended up giving me a ride to the airport with him. So oh, that's cool. I meet I meet a lot of cool people doing the, the hard, crazy, you know, 
trips. It's tough. It is tough. It's tough to be to be in a state that you don't you've never been. Yeah. And you don't have a vehicle and you're walking on the side of the road, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of it's it's very humbling, you know. It is. So what are you doing to like find your way? Are you using your phone to like find the places where you're trying to get to or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have the GPS up. I'll either take a screenshot or whatever and then turn off the GPS to save battery. Right. Just kind of be like, okay, I got to go right on Nighthook Road or whatever. So like what do you usually like, you know, you're out camping like, what is, like, your nutrition like, you know, when you're, like, eating the night before and when you get up horrible. in the next morning? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Um, it's, like, beef jerky and trail mix huh? and water and Pedialyte. Pedialyte. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Pedialyte is, is a must. <laughs> it's not the cheapest of all the electrolyte joints but for me it's it's been a, a winner from the get-go and why would i give up on something that's helping me win right on man <clears throat> so out of all these races that you've done man like what is your training like in between these races because you've done like months where you've done like maybe three races in a month haven't you been very hard to to train and race it, it basically was just Training and racing was training almost. Right. It was like every race was racing for the next race. So I, I would do okay in this race and this race and this race. And I'd be like, all right, the next ones, you know, and they're two weeks away. So, yeah, it was basically every race was training. Right. That's how it had laid out. But I was running basically every day. Right. I mean, recovery day, running. Rest day, running. <laughs> hmm. short, short runs, long runs, short runs, speed work, and mix-in stuff, you know, is running all the time. Even after I did World's Toughest Mudder, the day after, the first thing I did in the morning is ran a 5K. Dang. And I ran 70 miles the day before. Dang. For 24 hours, and then I went, slept, and the first thing I did was a 5K recovery run. You know, yeah. I think I did it in like 23 or 24 minutes, which isn't a great time. But for after doing all that work, it yeah, was that's, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> badass. Yeah. So it's been training on, on training, on training, racing, on racing, on racing, just stacked, stacked, stacked. And just recently over Thanksgiving break, I took eight days off, which was my that was my season end break, and now the new season's beginning, I guess. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I've taken well, a couple of weeks off. Well, I took one week off total, just didn't do nothing. Yeah. And, like, this week I'm just doing low-impact stuff, and I might do a first run probably this weekend. So, yeah, I, I didn't believe in the, the whole, like, take a break, recovery, let your body rest. But even after just doing the eight days, I, I went out and did a – did a little 5k whoop up or whatever and you know i was cooking my pace was just blasting i felt good it felt great so you know recovery is important yeah i agree with you totally so like during 
like your training, like was there a plan you were going by or was it just every anytime you got a free chance, you just went outside and ran some miles? Yeah, it's the hardest thing because I don't know how the schedule is for work every day. Some right. days you might get off at a good time, maybe 3.30. Some days I might not get home till 6 or even later. But if it's on the schedule for training and I know I need to do a 10K or a 21K even, if I come home and I'm tired and it's 9 o'clock and I got to do 21K, I'm still going to do the 21K. So you've got a plan, in other words. Yeah, yeah. There's it's it's been laid out. It's been laid out, and now now that I have a coach. Oh, who's your coach? Jade Skillen. She's uh like a high rocks champ. Right. Um. Yeah. So now she's got it laid out. So she, she sends me my workouts every day, and now it's not. It's not. Well, do I feel like doing a five k? Now it's like whoa, this is a lot of work and I got to get it done. And after you do it, you're like, wow, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) How does she feel about you racing every other weekend? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely uh, gotten in the way of focusing on the training. (laughs) And I I hope that next year, um, maybe not as many races, but maybe more gold. Right. More quality. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, you're like me, man. Uh, You know, this isn't no profession for me. I enjoy going to the races because they're fun, because I love the community. So if it's a race that I can travel to and get to, you know, I I, I don't care about my placement. I just want to go and be there and race and have fun with my friends. You know what I mean? It's not my livelihood. It's my hobby. So as being a hobbyist with it, I want to do it as much as possible. Yeah, and I, I, in 2020, I realized that even more, I, I would go to the races before 2020, 2018, 2019, and I'd go race the races, and then I would leave the venue. I wouldn't really yeah. talk to anybody too much. I, I wasn't I wasn't doing any of that, and I I missed out then, but after 2020, I was like, I got to step this up and go to this next level and, and be a part of this all the way. So yeah. that's what I did, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's, to me, that's the best part, man. It's just hanging out with friends, seeing people on the course that you know, cheering them uh, on when during their yeah. race, you know? I mean, that's just, that's just what's fun to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I actually have had several racers be like, Thanks for volunteering, but I'm not volunteering. I'm just there cheering for them. I'm like, yeah, keep it up. Yeah. Uh, I love cheering on people. Yeah, me too, man. Definitely. I mean, it's like the I'm cheering on my competitors, you know, as they pass me, or if I see them in the in the bucket carry and I'm coming up to it, you know, I'm I'm telling like you're doing great, man. Pick it up, you know. I mean, coming up on you. Yeah, man, it's fun. It's like you're out there racing with your family, man. That's just what it's all about. And you and I and I hear a lot of these people, you know, and some of these other people that are training and they're like, You don't need to race every weekend and you know, you need to, you know, take a downtime and and I'm just thinking I'm living. Man, it's not my living. I I'm doing it it's a hobby and I'm doing it for fun. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, there's what a handful of people that are making a living off of OCR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it for them, for their training. Yes. That's, that's important, but you know, I mean, for me, it's for fun Yeah. and I'm having fun with my friends and that's the best part about it, man. It's a community. I mean, in the beginning, in the beginning, I was like, well, yeah, I could win three grand if I win this race. Of course I wanted to win. Yeah. But after you figured everything out, and especially that you probably weren't going to win, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, those guys are fast. That's never happening. Not happening. Not today, at least. Yeah. And then you, you kind of, you switch gears and you, you learn to, to have fun and, and, like you said, the community is is really just amazing. Right. So, how did you prepare to go out and do the uh, Telluride race? Like, uh, did you have a big training block before then? Were you putting in a lot of miles leading up to that? I did. Did Tahoe was two weeks before Telluride. So I ran 50-something miles that weekend in September, the end of September. And then I know I did some some training, but I didn't do, I didn't do much long distances. I think I might have done two half-marathon distances in right. between that. Yeah. But slow. Right. Not fast at all. And, uh... I, I kind of regret going slow in Telluride in the beginning, but it was my first 24-hour race. I didn't know, I didn't know how it was going to end up in the end. That was probably smart though, because everybody you know that I've talked to that that you know that does 24-hour races, they say the worst thing to do is to go out too hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I, I felt good at the end of Telluride. I felt fine. Oh yeah. I could have, I was, I could have smoked out another good bit for sure, but I went out hot and toughest mutter and world's toughest, and I think I was like a minute or two behind Mark on the first lap. Right. So we were, we were smoking that. We did the first five miles, and I think I did it in thirty-eight minutes or something. Wow. So we were, we were blasting, and then I hit the second lap, and I was doing fine, but. Towards the last, like, two laps, I could feel it in my right leg that it was fatiguing. You know, it was like, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I had time to do, I could have possibly done five more miles, one more lap in Toughest Mudder, but I I decided to just be satisfied with where I was. Yeah, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go up in the placing and it was a great experience and I wanted to, to end it on that good note. So what did you, what did you like better? Did you like the Spartan 24 hour race or did you like the toughest mother 24 hour race? Which one did you like better? Uh, um, I'm, I'm so, so in love with Spartan. Right. <laughs> tell you ride, tell you ride was such a beautiful venue. Oh yeah. It looked like it. It was gorgeous, and with the trees turning the time of year, there was there was people with these huge cameras taking pictures of leaves. You know, the photographers out there. You know, and it was like that's how beautiful this place was. And I, I'm, I love the venue. The venue was was just 
just amazing. And Toughest Mudder, it was a great race. I love the obstacles. I, I love the, the community, the camaraderie and everybody helping each other. But the, the venue was like, eh, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's the venues helped me with the experience, you know. Right. Telluride was tough. It had a lot of elevation, the altitude. I, I liked the challenge. So being a, a tree surgeon, and you, you said you were talking about the trees at Telluride, when you're out there like running and you see these big ass trees, do you ever like get this thought in your head like, man, I'd like to climb that bitch and cut it down? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I look at some and I'm like, damn, that'd make some good wood right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at that, look at that one, straight, real straight, good wood in there. <laughs> I'll be looking, I'm like, oh, that one's dead. They should, they should fall that one. That one yeah. needs to come down. If that was my tree, I'd cut that bitch down. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time I look at the, the big pretty ones and I'm like just in a maze, you know, just yeah. like, wow, yeah. Because Tahoe had a bunch of big ones. Yeah. That, yeah, man, it, Tahoe it, looks like such a pretty venue. And, you know, man, I've always been, you know, scared to go there. One, it's at elevation. And two, that race is always like super cold. And mm-hmm. that race, I mean, the scenery there is just, it's so beautiful there. And <laughs> this year was a great year for there from what people have said. Tahoe is comparable to Telluride. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tahoe had that smoke thing going on, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from the fires and stuff. And Tahoe was dry. You're right. Really dry. Yeah, but very beautiful. Which race did you like better? Did you like Telluride better than Tahoe? Yeah, but Tahoe's right under there. It's right there. Yeah. It probably would go... It probably would go Tahoe or Telluride, Tahoe... Hawaii or Montana, those two fight each other, oh, yeah. and then and then Vermont. Right. Mm. So Killington, Killington was was the beast of the East was hard. Right. But the venue was also very very beautiful. Yeah, especially so. when we got to the top. And well, you weren't running the ultra; you ran the beast. But when we yeah. got to the top during the ultra, like the sunrise was coming up, and it was beautiful, beautiful. man. It was yeah. beautiful. Those moments during the race are just forever ingrained in my memory. Yeah, and like I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing the the parts of the races that stick out in your mind. Yeah, and ninety percent of the time, it's you know either something you see that is taking your mind off the race, or it's like a conversation that you say to somebody during the race. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. oh yeah, made a lot of good friends on the courses. Right. So during the twenty-four hour races, like, what was your game plan like going into Telluride? Just keep going. Just keep crushing it. Keep going. Grab, grab and goes. Get down to the transition. Get my little grab and go bags. Get water and just keep going. Did you have people like helping you crew there? No. Zero the hero, huh? Zero the hero. Yeah. <laughs> no crew. Um I I would love to have somebody crew me, but I I feel I feel bad for the people that do crew cuz us racers were out there like tearing it up having the time of our lives. Right. And the crew, and the crew people are back at the tents cold, usually cold and they're, you know, they're they're trying to stay awake. Yeah. It's like, damn, I'm like, y'all good? I'm trying to help 
Rue out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I have I have everything set out now. Where, where with what I need to have and and you know backups and grab and goes and. So what was your what was your nutrition plan like? What were you what was your go to? Were you doing the same well, thing every lap or did it change? So I'll take. I'll take uh I'll make smoothies the night or two nights before and I make smoothies and I put them in sandwich Ziploc bags. And then I freeze those smoothies. I call them smoothies in a bag. <laughs> so then I I'll take I had I had like 14 of them. I didn't use them all, but right. I had about 14 of the smoothies in a bag. I'll have those in a cooler and then I'll throw one in my hydration pack. So I put that next to my bladder my water bladder right right so it actually keeps my water cold because the water bladder sometimes makes the water gets hot from your body all right so now my water's good boom running 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 just grab back there and just pull this smoothie in a bag out and just bite the corner off right boom suck that sucker down i didn't have to stop to eat and and i'm already doing good now i just save time and transition as well so what's the ingredients in in the famous Chainsaw Rick smoothie? I mean, you can make whatever kind of smoothie you want. For me, I, I just like basic fruit. I don't put, I'm not putting like protein powder or any yeah. any other stuff in there because I don't want to be gambling on the course with. Yeah, with no, no, yeah, powder. I agree with you. I want to try to do the natural. Um, so. I mean, I like pineapple and blueberries. So you're just blending it up and putting it in the back? Boom, that's it, you know. Throw mm-hmm. some orange juice or some kind of juice in there to help, you know, get the smoothie rolling. And that's pretty much it. So you did that pretty much the whole race? You didn't have, like, solid food or nothing like that? I try to, I try to avoid gels, even though I will use gels. Uh, I'm, I might have used some in Telluride. I didn't use any in uh, World's Toughest Mutter. Right. Uh, I like the gels with caffeine in them because I figure if I'm doing a gel, I might as well get a jolt of some some caffeine as well. Right. Um, those are kind of like not emergency, but somewhere in that zone of gear for me. I don't I don't want to be running for the first three hours of a race and have six gels in my stomach. Right. That's not going to work in the end. <laughs> Your stomach's going to be jacked up. Yeah. Um, solid food, yes. I had I had three sandwiches in Telluride throughout the race, and it was ham and turkey, gouda cheese, lettuce, tomato on a pretzel hamburger bun. Good stuff. Right. Uh, I call those the comforts that I need. I need I need comfort stuff that makes me feel good during the race because it makes me feel good. Right. I'm hurting. Give me a little something to perk up my my morale you know what i mean yeah. like dang, this thing is really good you know i don't want to try to suck down you know on a, a just bang out a peanut butter and jelly and, and you're trying to eat this peanut butter and jelly and it's just not satisfying you know yeah. you, you can get half of it maybe some of it down but you're just like Ugh. yeah it's well, like you don't you're chewing to, and chewing and chewing yeah, on it too get it down yeah so i i found that if you put something Something that you really like, or just you know, when you bite into it, you're like, "Damn, wow, that's freaking golden." You (laughs) might not not eat it all, but you're going to eat more than what you would have if it wasn't really pleasing, you know, as far as tastes go. Right. 
Uh, that was pretty much it. I think the smoothies in the bag, the sandwiches, two Mountain Dews. Definitely drink two Mountain Dews and tell your ride. Do the do. Do the do. And that that's basically it. Water and Pedialyte. Right. Yep. So, so you got 60 miles there. So did you like stay out on the course 24 hours or was yes. there like a times yep. where you took a break? Uh, I took two pretty good sized breaks. I think one was like 45 minutes and the other was just around that time. Yeah. So I did take two. I actually sat in a chair and, and like took my shoes off and let my feet air out and stuff. So what was probably like the hardest thing about that course to you? Mm. Uh, the bucket carry sucked. That's what I heard. That's what the Rachel bucket. was telling me. I had her on talking about tell you ride too. And she said the bucket <laughs> carry sucked. The bucket carry sucked. So for me being from Florida, the elevation and altitude is, is hard. Right. Breathing is tough. So, so you've done several races at elevation. Were yeah. all of them equally about, you know, the same, or did a certain race hit you harder than others? Okay, so so Montana, Montana was like, I went up the first hill. It wasn't even a mountain. It was like it was the first the start. You went up a hill, and it was probably maybe four hundred feet elevation gain on the hill. It was right in the beginning. Right. And everybody, we all come out of the gates hot, smoking, right? Yeah. We're all pushing up. I probably got 25 feet up that hill, and I was, <laughs> oh, I'm looking at everyone walk passing me, and I'm like, what the, what's going on? <laughs> Everybody's passing me. I got everybody. I was in the front for a second, right? Nope, nope. <laughs> We get to the top of the hill. Uh, uh, it took like three miles to break that, that uh, to right. actually get things working and I could breathe. But until then, I was just dying. Um, Vermont, no, Vermont, yes, Vermont felt the same way. Right. Vermont. I went, I, we went up the first hill and I was like, what happened? Yeah. I, I thought I was ready. Uh, that was like, I was I should I don't know what happened because <laughs> Vermont's not as steep as uh, those like Utah Telluride and Tahoe all of those are like you know 8,000 plus feet of elevation yeah so, yeah and they're still way up yeah I think we topped out in Telluride at like 13 or almost 14,000 wow. up yeah and so um, tell you right, tell you right was tough, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't dying like that and tell you right. Maybe it was the air or something. Mm. I don't know. Mm. You know, it could have been me on the day, you know, it was a better day that day. Maybe. <laughs> Did you say you camped? Was that one of the races you camped at? Oh God, no, no, <laughs> no. I tell you right. I wasn't doing that. I actually got a three bedroom. Oh, hell yeah cabin or whatever the hell that shit cost a thousand dollars a night yeah man i i looked at that trip and i was like that's an expensive fucking trip man, right there tell you right cost more than hawaii if you if wow you so if you i i did stay at one of the most expensive places in tell you right that you could stay at but i also stayed at a very high class place in hawaii as well and it was it was i i mean basically it boiled down to the lodging in Telluride 
was the same amount as the whole trip to Hawaii. Damn. So that's the the difference there, you know. But I, you know, t- tell you right, it's expensive. You're in the mountain village. I was right there in the village. Yeah. Hmm. And, Did you get to enjoy the like the town and all? Why you there? Were you there yeah. long enough to enjoy the actual, you know, the town? Yes, I had uh, my my good friend Aaron. Aaron Cobia, we met in Tahoe, actually. So I uh, got him to come to Telluride and race. And uh, he, uh, him and I went and did, uh, what was this? We did this cool trail. We went up, uh, I think we did six or seven miles a day or two before the race, Telluride. Right. And uh, yeah, we were just, we went around and then we had lunch and stuff down in the town and it was cool. Everybody had, even just everybody had like hydration packs on everybody. Right. Everybody's hiking around this town. Pretty cool. That does sound cool. Okay. So Telluride was your first 24 hour race. You got 60 miles there. You decide to go to World's Toughest Mudder, which is what, like, wasn't it like two or three weeks later? Yeah, it was. Katie, Katie Knight was telling me about it, and I was like, "Well, hell, I guess I'm gonna go to World's Toughest Mudder." Right. You got seventy miles there, so yeah. after you finished Telluride, did you have a different way of approaching a twenty-four hour race now that you had done one? Like, what was your new strategy going to? another 24 hour race, especially that close. Nothing changed training wise. The training stayed the same. It was the same, uh, little bits of long or short runs. And then, you know, doing the other stuff, the quote unquote CrossFit style stuff, getting that high intensity up. But, um, nothing really changed as far as preparation. I mean, I felt like, I felt like in Telluride, I was I was pretty close to being where I needed to be. There was a couple couple things that you know I didn't foresee, but it, it was pretty. I was pretty close, and I didn't really change much. The only thing that threw me off in toughest mutter was the wetsuit situation. Right? Did you have one, or did you borrow I one? Had one. I had one. Um. And I put it on too damn early. Did you get I hot? Honestly, yeah, was, the first three mile, the first two and a half, three miles were dry. And the course was only a five-mile loop, so the first half you were hot and, and, and dry. How thick of a wetsuit were you wearing? Three mil. Oh, wow. I know. So uh, somewhere somewhere on one of the laps, Hannah, Hannah Carter, uh, she... She was like, bro, <laughs> what are you doing? Shout she's out like, to Hannah. Yeah, yeah, I know. She, she's like, no, you can't run. And I'm like, I know I can't run because we were in the dry <laughs> section. So I, I tagged along with her and, you know, stuck it out. And she's like, you got to you gotta put some compression pants on and, and do the, the, the raincoat, you know, the coat. The, the windbreaker. Yeah, the windbreaker. Yeah, the windbreaker. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, so... After that lap, I went. It took a while because I'm by myself at this point, you know. And it's like, well, crap. I'm yeah, it's a bitch suit. getting into a wetsuit. Wet yeah, so I'm I'm getting out of it, and I'm getting you know I changed out, and 
I after that I I think I went by the they had some fires going and I went by the fire and had some hot cocoa for a minute because right. I'm like fuck this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna enjoy life a little bit before I got go out here and suffer right. again. So I did that and then I got out there and you know got back on it. I know one of the coolest tips I ever heard about, you know, trying to put a wetsuit on, like in a hurry, and I and it might have been Anna from uh, OCR Talk, and I remember her saying that like you put like a Walmart bag on your foot, and that plastic will just slide through the material so much quicker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's probably everybody knows that at, at World's no, Toughest Mudder, no, but no, the no. first time I heard that, I was like, oh man, that's such a great idea. Yeah, because if you're a little bit wet. Yeah. Trying to squeak into a wetsuit. It's like. Because I got a, yeah. I got a wetsuit hanging in my closet that I used to would wear when I'd go surfing years ago. And I just remember that thing. I think it's like a little too small for me, too. I probably couldn't even get in it now. But it was. I just always remember, man, this thing is such a bitch to put on. <laughs> yeah. So after you take that wetsuit on, wetsuit off, did you ever put it back on? No. So I was done with it. She was, she was right. I could run again. I would go into the, the water where, you know, the obstacles were and it was cold. And yeah, sure, I was cold. But when I got out, I just run because I'd run faster to get warmer. And it, it really paid off. Right. I wish I wish I wish I didn't because I heard some other racers on the lab before I got in the wetsuit. They're like, yeah, we'll get the wetsuit on. It's going to get cold. Yeah. So I, I kind of listened to them, which I shouldn't have done, but I did. And I was like, okay, wetsuit time. You know, I was just kind of going with the flow. Right. And I'm like, mm. So that was probably, you know, something that did slow me down in world's toughest mutter, but I wasn't going to win. Yeah. I know a lot of people are really safe about, putting wetsuits on at that race because yeah. they say if you wait until you get cold you done fucked up late, you know yeah. yeah yeah i mean i've yeah. never ran world's toughest mudder but you know i've always listened to the podcast on it and you know watched it so i've signed up for it next year so yeah it is a great race i love the obstacles i'd say that mount everest is harder than it looks yeah i was like what the hell yeah, those guys that get up there and sit there all night and help people, man, that's I awesome them. shit. I, I needed those guys. Yeah, most people do. If they weren't there, I was like, where are they at? I'm like, yee! <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, where you at, Bubba? <laughs> oh, man, because I did it once on my own, and there's a bar you can grab, and it's up there. Yeah, but I mean, and it might be something you can do. Maybe the first three, four laps, but when you yeah. get into the night hours, you're going to be like, fuck, I don't feel like running yeah. up this thing at full power. And then the Arctic Enema, which was, you jumped, you went over a wall and slid into the, the cold water, and then yeah. you, you crawled up under a cargo net that was really tight. Yeah, Devil's um, Beard. Oh, that was so tough. That's annoying shit, ain't it? Yeah, it was tough. So I would get with the other guys and I would stand up and actually put my arms out and hold the thing up and I would run with them and kind of just carry them up the beard. Yeah. I did that. I think I did that for, uh, I think Fiore, Josh, somebody, one of, one of the big, big racer groups. I was like, come on guys. Yeah. It was fun. 
Yeah, I did the hot lap at 2019 and then volunteered at World's Toughest Mudder there. So I I was able to do all the obstacles, and I think they even changed some of them before the race too. But, yeah, I mean, it was so cold there too. It kind of bummed me out that I didn't go this year because it looked like they had pretty decent weather for the venue. It was. It was. That's that's what it was. It was so – it was it was right on because I didn't even need the wetsuit. Yeah. It was great. So what was like the best and the worst parts of World's Toughest Mudder to you? Best part, the racers, the camaraderie, the, it was just a blast. It was like, it was like a party kind of thing going on. And then on my last lap, right before I did one of the last obstacles, the guy, one of the guys, two guys come up and they're like, is this your last lap? Cause they knew it was getting close to the end. And I'm like, yeah. And they, they gave me a hug. They all gave me a hug. That's awesome. But I mean, I've never experienced that where people are just, just out there giving love like that. That's pretty so awesome. That was, yeah. That was like another level. So that was definitely the best part uh, the worst. Huh? That's a tough one. Tough mutter. Uh, the worst was the sand. <laughs> the sand? Running in the sand? Miles and miles of sand. Who put this sand in the desert anyway? Was... Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. It was place. What advice would you give to somebody who is uh, going to do their first 24-hour race? Uh, start slow. Go easy. Eat food. Even when you don't feel like it or you don't think you're ready to eat or it's too early, get some food going in your stomach. Keep your stomach moving. Keep that digestion flow right. Uh, drink water. Pee. If you need to pee, pee. Right. And um, have fun. Mainly it would be the you know the top thing is, is have fun because, like you said, that's why we do it. <clears throat> All right, man. So we're getting close to like an hour and but i always have a few questions that i ask everybody that comes on the show so to this day out of every race that you've ever done which race was you know your most favorite and why Ooh. oh well <laughs> yes yeah, tough one ain't it tough one that's hard wait until wow. the next question <laughs> okay all right definitely lake tahoe ultra where i got first place all right on why because it was a great race ben and i were having a great time on the first lap i missed the spear throw on the first lap and he took off after that i caught back up to him maybe two miles on the course i had i had pushed a 198 heart rate to catch up to him jesus so i was pumping yeah i was pumping what's your max and, heart rate if you were pushing 198 to catch up to him i popped a 206 before jesus <laughs> I've, I've heard that's bad <laughs> i guess i got a good heart i've got a high heart rate too but it's but it's been a while since i've been in the 200s for sure yeah i don't i don't prefer to pump that but that was what I did to get up back up to Ben. And then him and I got into transition together. 
and we we left transition together and he he took off on the second lap he was gone and i was i was not gonna fight that hard anymore i guess so i kind of didn't dial back but just didn't turn up with him and just kind of stayed the course and i thought he was definitely finished already i got to maybe two or three miles left in the race and he was there you know he, he kind of gassed out a little bit and i tried to push him for a while i was pushing him staying with him because yeah we're we're competitors but he's my friend too so right. yeah i know ben ben's pretty cool me and him ran a, probably a couple miles together at the carolina ultra yeah he's a great guy and we get we get down to the venue finally, and then everybody's like, go, go, go. They're telling me, you know, I'm like, but Ben, I'm waiting for Ben. Huh? Everybody's cheering me and pushing me, so I, I just, you know, kind of had to go. So right. that's when I took first. Well, that's pretty cool, man. I know that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the next question is, is what race did you hate the most, dislike the most, and why? Oh, dislike the most we already told you that one yeah which ohio. one was it remind ohio. me ohio ohio <laughs> yeah i forgot you did tell me that one uh the venue wasn't like super gorgeous it was cool the town was cool i, I met locals and stuff but it just it wasn't a a wow state for me right maybe i went to the wrong spot i don't know I hear you. All right, Richard. So, what is your race day or race weekend like ritual? Like on Friday, do you have a certain thing that you do that you eat before every race? And like on Saturday morning, do you have like a certain breakfast, some supplements? Like, like what's your what is your tricks of the trade? In other words, night before the race, carbs. Um, not too late though. So it'd be like a normal time dinner, six o'clock, somewhere around six, maybe five. Let them carbs get digested. Huge meal, though. A lot. I'm stuffed. And then in the morning, not much at all. Half a banana and a little water and orange juice. Right on. That's pretty much it. And then when you go to bed in your tent, you get up every hour and a half and do fucking push-ups, right? Push-ups and jumping jacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, or, man. Or, or, or fend off the bears and deer. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Make sure the fire's going so you don't freeze to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Richard, I saw on your Instagram page you had, like, some sponsors or something, man. You want to give a shout-out to those? Yeah, Tifosi Optics. I've got a pair of those glasses. They're pretty cool. I remember you got the green and the blues. Yeah, man, I found those at Cloudland Canyon State Park, man. They were, like, on, like in the where some kid or somebody dropped them off a cliff, and I saw yeah. them down there, and I'm like, I want those. So They are the best glasses. Yeah, I like them. I like mine. I bought them in the cycle shop down the road from my house. So obviously they're made for sports. Yeah. And the look, the quality, the price, can't beat it. Yeah. They are good sunglasses. I love mine. Yeah, I'm stoked. I I mean, I'm not easy on them either, and they're durable. So. Right. Uh, I have a pair of Goodar and, 
in comparison to the Tafosi, I'm like, there, there's no comparison at all. Oh yeah, I've always wondered about those because I've never no. had a pair of those either. Wow, really generic, cheap crap. Yeah. No good. No good. I'm glad. I'm glad I got the good one. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> They're not gooder. Tafosi better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. Uh, Geyser Systems, which actually happened in Telluride, that is, uh, it's actually a shower system, but it's portable. Oh, cool. It's really cool. It's for outdoors people. Camping is really the the main thing is if you're camping, you've never been camping, you want to have a shower while you're camping, this is the thing for you. That's right up your alley, man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Belief, uh, Belief Sportswear. Which I mean, I've, I've same as the glasses. I've I've been buying their stuff, and um, they're just their stuff is great, and it's not expensive. I like non-expensive clothes. Yeah, and it's <laughs> you know I've seen seen these things, these little jackets and pullover things for hundred fifty, two hundred bucks or something. I'm yeah. like, no, way. it's you crazy. Know, down on the the realistic price you know like okay we're, we're actually people that work and we can afford this and it holds up okay thank you yeah. thank you right Somebody, somebody's looking out for us yeah <laughs> definitely <clears throat> well hey man that's all i got is there anything you want to add to this before we sign off uh i'll be screaming again on the next round baby <laughs> that's it well right, man well hey man good luck to you in uh central florida when you go to that uh trifecta weekend dude thank you thank you and hey rick man uh oh yeah tell people where they can follow you on instagram chainsaw rick all right and you're on facebook too right facebook richard shin richard shin all right man hey rick i appreciate you taking time to do this man like i said man good luck at central florida man thank you it's been an honor Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Rick again for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, I'm done for the season. My next race probably isn't going to be until either Savage Georgia or the Conyers Spartan race. I don't forget which one comes comes first. But uh, anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, we'll see you at next race. Peace. Peace.